Hello and welcome to a special show as part of the In The Money Players podcast. This is our show for opening day at Kentucky Downs. We're going to have coverage of every racing day, each of the seven for Kentucky Downs. Of course, we have the contest starting. You can still get involved in that if you're playing on... Actually, you can no matter where you're playing, if you act fast, you can still get involved. And on ExpressBet, you can play day of. You can also play on a TVG and or uh, HPI bets, three interconnected contests starting Thursday. Did a whole segment earlier in the week with Brian Skirka going into all the details if you want to look back at that. But I'm excited for this first day, and we bring in a guy we've had on many times to talk about Kentucky Downs. I think of him as uh, one of the, the OG Kentucky Downs adopters. He's Jack Jenkins. Jack, what's going on? Good morning, Pete. It's always great to start the, the new Kentucky Downs meet. Now, we're audio only today, but I can only assume you're still wearing your Braves shirt to troll me. I've usually got on something, Braves. I think I've got on more of an orange shirt today. So. <laughs> Baltimore Orioles, we can, we can agree, we can agree no. on that for the, uh, for the American League. But I, I mentioned about you being an OG uh, Kentucky Downs fan. I suppose that's not exactly right in that the place has been around for a long time under different incarnations. But I do know that for as long as you've been in the game, Kentucky Downs is a place that you've had a lot of interest in. Yeah, it's it's the first first place I started going. Um, there's been years where I've probably made a, a hundred a hundred trips in a year to Kentucky Downs for simulcasting and and those type of of, of things. And you know, and I remember uh, when I first started going, you know, for live racing in like 2004 and five. There, you know, it was. You know, to see how it's grown since then, you know, I think they might have raced for, you know, $30,000 purse was big time back then. You know, they, they did have the Kentucky Turf Cup and, you know, it was, it was interesting thinking back, you know, um, Mr. Jonathan Shepard uh, passed away this week and he was he was one of the main trainers that really used to ship in there for the stakes races and, and run, you know, ran a lot of um, – his his better types there and and sort of pointed pointed for that meet, uh, so he has a lot of he has a lot of pictures on the walls there and it was um, it's interesting to see that this meet's starting this week. Uh, glad you gave him a, a shout out, a major major player for a very long time. Flat racing, he was known so much as a steeplechase trainer, but could train right. a, could train a dirt horse, could train any horse, could just flat out train uh, yes. the master. Jonathan Shepard and I do remember those days where they'd run the they do half at Turfway right and half at Kentucky Downs and they so they right. have the dirt yeah, races from the one the, the turf yeah, alternate bro. used to yeah used to alternate uh, races that was wild yeah. that was wild well, it's obviously evolved and just a ton of money associated and a track that. I think you've continued to have some success at, right? I remember some of these meets you just absolutely uh, sweeping up. Has, has you, have you been able to continue your form down there? Yeah, I think, I think last year was more, you know, uh, sort of a break, break even proposition. Uh, I get my years mixed up with all this, you know, COVID has kind of jumbled everything together. It was sure. a, two or three years ago, we, had a had a good really good meet there uh especially early on when um the outside rail was up i i 
started keying on the the outside closers and think I kind of wrote a little bit of a bias to start the meet and then as they took the rail down it seemed like um passing became almost impossible there for a, right. you know the big day and stuff but yeah that's the that's the thing about Kentucky Downs you have to pay attention to the 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 three rail settings that they now use and um the weather and what weather they've had and just how uh you know how the turf is playing there and it, you know things can change no doubt about it i i was joking about the orange before i assume that was tennessee orange that you were sporting yeah. how far <laughs> are you from uh, from kentucky downs i know i'm flying to get there i'm flying into nashville yeah i'm about an hour 15 20 minute drive it's it's um you know it's pretty much straight north of me um and as a guy winding roads to get there, but you know, it's, it's a, it's not a bad drive. As a guy who loves barbecue, have you ever like properly smoked some food and taken it over there and done the tailgating? Like how serious do you get about your tailgating at Kentucky? Yeah. Yeah. A couple of times. I, when we, we tailgated there a few years, a few years back, I can't remember exactly what we did, but it was fun. We set up, set up the cornhole boards and watched the races from the quarter pole. And it was, a you know, it was perfect, perfect weather that day. So it was, it was a good time. Looks like opening day is going to be good. So, you know, I'm not making any uh, demands of you, but if you if you happen to turn up with some of that uh, salmon dip you you show, you gave me the recipe <laughs> for a couple of years ago, I wouldn't be complaining. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's dive in to these races, my friend. We'll kick off with uh, race number six. Actually, before we kick off with race number six, I know you've looked at this whole card. Did you have anything strong on the undercard that you wanted to mention in terms of maybe like a little spot play to get us started? Well, the very first race, I, you know, sticking with the outside post, I, I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, the outside horses in the, in the opener, the number 12 for Sharita Bowes uh, is an uncle Mo uh, running second time out. I think that horse could offer some value. And if the horse does draw in, uh, of course you, you know, it's another thing to keep up with. There, the, all these races seem to be overfilled, and if there are any scratches, the number thirteen, the first eight AE, uh, is a Munnings out of a, a Euro mare for Rusty Arnold. Uh, horse showed speed on the dirt first time out, and I'd be very interested in that horse at thirty to one morning line if he if she were to draw in the race. Interesting. We'll keep I'll the twelve and the thirteen on the radar there. Where should we go from there? Uh, the second, I didn't, I didn't have um, anything huge. I wrote uh, another race that you know, wide open two year old race. I thought the the morning line, the morning line favorite is a maiden. Um, there's a couple tricky conditioned races on this card. Uh, some some allowance races where there's quite a few maidens uh, running in and some of the maidens could, could be live because they're, they're written uh, for horses that are exiting a, a Keeneland sale. Right. Uh, so it's, it's not something we see very often, you know, these maidens running against, you know, winners. So it'll be interesting to see how the public bets those races. Right. Morning line, of course, just a guess. We'll see. We'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. But you had no no particular direction to go in race two other than to say it open and maybe not be so afraid to spread. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, the I think the eight for with the Rosario and Joe Sharp's gonna take quite a bit of money there, even though the horse is a maiden uh facing facing some winners. Um if you know if you want to skip ahead to the the fourth race, there was a I think uh, the inside horses are gonna are gonna take quite a bit of money there. The the rail horse for for Wesley Ward and, and John Velasquez. And as we see these first few races, we can maybe get an idea. I think last year the the track was was really fair there. Stalkers stalkers did really well. I don't think you wanted to be super far back in a lot of these six and a half furlong turf sprints, but just sitting right off the pace seemed to be the seemed to be the trip. So you know I think I think the one for you know with Westward that horse is uh the morning line fate or second choice actually with Velasquez that horse should take quite a bit of money the the morning line favorite is actually the number 10 who hasn't raced in uh well over a year for Ian Wilkes so that was kind of aggressive making that horse five to two morning line favorite with such a long such a long layoff I'm interested in the number seven um Tyler Gaffleon takes this uh, mount for for Eric Foster. That horse is um, she's a four year old filly. She's been running she's been running all summer uh, in in very good form. Coming out of a stakes race at Ellis, where she attended the pace, she should set a nice little stalking trip. Anything around nine to two, five to one, that's going to be my play in race four, number seven, linguistic. All right, I like the I like the that one. I get it completely. Really looks to trip out, and it's nice to see them in form as opposed to coming off of a yes. four hundred and sixty day layoffs. That's yeah, what. yeah, that's um, yeah, that's a that's a long time. Obviously, something something went wrong. That's even rare for um to bring um to bring a filly back after that long. Especially she her last in her last start, she won a Grade Three. So you would think she would have some some value as a broodmare. So it's kind of kind of interesting that they they kept her in training anything in the fifth or should we hop to the sixth uh the fifth uh top choice was the morning line favorite um actually i was a little chalky there in the the fifth i thought the i thought the number seven for paulo lobo looked looked tough there horse horse had a big lead and got ran down uh in its last start and shortened up from nine furlongs to uh, eight now to the flat mile that that horse that horse looks like the most likely winner to me and I did like a couple value horses on the outside the the 11 and the 11 and 12 and I was also entered uh, interested in another rusty Arnold the 13 if that horse drew in a tourist uh, that that showed uh, good speed first time out on dirt going to the turf so that it, I'm definitely be looking at at those AEs for Rusty Arnold, if they happen to get into the race. Oh, makes sense on, on pedigree for sure. That, that uh, Calumet homebred elegant trip, potentially one to mix in with the seven and the 11 and the 12 for Jack in race number five. Let's go on to the regularly scheduled part of our programming, which is this, uh, which is this pick five, the, the, the end of the, the end of the card, starting with race number six. I, I, I'll tell you one thing. I, I wish they'd switch this race with the last race, Jack. <laughs> one of my pet peeves. Like, to me, the last race, which we'll get to, 
it's all this uh, all these first time starters that have so they're very some very interesting pedigrees. I wish we had a chance to look at them and see the board. These are two year olds too, but at least we have established form to go on when it comes to this late pick five. How are we going to light this candle? Well, I'm going to start this race off by talking about uh, the morning line favorite that I that I'm really looking to fade here, the number eleven uh, for Steve As Steve Asmussen and Gaffley on. Horse showed a ton of speed going that tricky mile distance at Saratoga uh, in an off-the-turf race. Now the horse is shortening up. I just – I'm looking to play away from these Asmussens. He he does win up there. He runs a lot of horses, so his win percentage is fairly low. But I've I've done well up there over the years sort of fading, fading that barn. Um, this horse by constitution out of Candy Ride doesn't scream turf to me. So I'm looking to fade that one, you know, as the morning, as the morning line favorite, a horse that nine to two on the morning line, the number four ham sandwich. I, I think you're going to get all of nine to two. Uh, McPeak ran this horse first time out at, at Indy on the turf horse. Didn't do really any running whatsoever. Came back and absolutely romped in the, on a sloppy track at Ellis. Then came back a month later Drew the rail uh, at Ellis, and I'm not so I'm not so sure the rail was the spot to be that day at Ellis. That that race was was won, you know, by a sixty to one shot on the outside. So I'm looking to toss that race and hoping uh, this this son of heart to heart, who was a really nice turf miler, yep, um, finds finds his niche right here. Um, going, you know, going back to the, to the grass. So I like, I like him as a value play. The number seven dark room for Eddie Keneally. He's had a great 2023 and the number 10 coin, coin miner. They're coming out of a common race at Ellis. They both, the number seven did not have a, um, a very good trip, but they ran kind of in lockstep. If you watch that replay, they were right together almost the entire running of the race. Um, the seven dark room end up winning and that horse broke from the rail that day. First time out broke, broke a step slow and got the job done really a classy debut. So I think that horse is going to get a quite a bit of backing and I'll be using as an A for sure uh, there. And, you know, another horse that I feel like you kind of have to use is, you know, from the Brad Cox barn, a horse that won, you know, broke his maiden first time, first time out from a tough post at Ellis, you know, so, and these Brad Coxes, they seem like they can run turf dirt. It just doesn't seem to matter. Good points all. I definitely wanted the seven and the 10 in the mix. If the price gets too big between them, I would definitely lean on the 10 coin miner. Didn't have an easy trip either. I didn't think no. And then has that just progressive looking work the other day best of 35 i thought there were reasons why maybe the 10 could improve past the seven i wanted both of them i actually made my top pick tell me what you think of this one number six iridescent won the debut on dirt and the time was just okay but i thought looking through the pedigree that this one could very well improve on turf the city of light uh, runners have had good stats uh, on the turf sprinting and the dam is by Smart Strike, a major turf influence. So I was going to mess around with six, seven, and ten. Can you see the six at all here? Yeah, I too. I mentioned the Brad Cox. I, 
yeah, I think you definitely have to use, you just can't let Brad Cox and Florent and Drew, you know, cost you like, you know, a pick five at Kentucky Downs. They're just, they just win at such a high clip and Brad points for this. And like I said, they, they usually have no, no problems going uh, on the surface switch. Four, seven, ten, and six for you. Are those does that does that sum it up pretty yeah, well? I mean, I would I would throw the nine in as a backup horse. Horse, uh, you know, look good winning first time out for for Wayne Canalano. Uh, I've seen years, you know, it's been probably ten years or so ago, but Canalano really used to do well at Kentucky Downs. Yep. All right, let's proceed to race number seven, an allowance race going a mile on the turf. I wanted to make a maybe semi-creative case here. Number two, a credit. I thought had a chance to be the best closer in a race where you could get a setup. And the angle that really stood out to me with a credit is I love runners that have done their best work and run their best figures at Kentucky Downs. I think that applies to a credit. I thought that the the four, Street Ready, and the six, Wolfie's Dynagos, were just obvious on numbers. Had the question to answer about how they were going to handle Kentucky down. So I didn't necessarily want to lump on on a short price, but I'd certainly want to use them as backup. So I had the two on the top line with the four and the six behind. How do you see it, my friend? Uh, great minds think alike. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm all over the two here. Uh, he, he seems, he seems very obvious. I mean, eight to one morning line. I'm not, I, maybe the connections will help us out there and we might, we might see that. Hopefully this horse has ran, so well in three starts at Kentucky Downs where a lot of others in here haven't even made a start. I'm looking to fade the number four, another Ian Wilkes off of a long layoff. Of course, hasn't run uh, run since New Year's Eve at Gulfstream. So I, I think that horse uh, might need one. Yep. But I'm for the for pick five purposes, I'm willing here to Slightly press the two, hoping that you're right on the fast pace and this horse gets a setup over a course that he clearly likes. And as as my other horse, I'm taking the six. Hopefully, who's the you know who seems to maybe have a class edge on these and maybe the best speed of the speed type thing. Take the best speed, take take the best closer. So I'm looking to I'm looking to get through the pick five here, just two and six. I, I'm buying the case, and and you know the the, the numbers say street ready fits, but you're right, 243 days yeah. away is an awfully long time. And Ian Wilkes known much more, I would think for you know just like he, he they improve with their racing typically, and, yeah. and first time starters is different than layoffs, but not entirely. So. Maybe a deep backup line on the four for me, but I'm I'm definitely with you on the two and the six. Might be a nice place to get skinny because we continue uh, with an open-looking race. Race number eight, an allowance for fillies and mares, three and up, six and a half on the turf. We'll keep it with you, Jack. Yeah, that's the reason in race seven you kind of you want to, if you can get by with two or three, because races like the eighth are just – are you know they're just skull busters i mean they're they're so hard for from pick five purposes to try to narrow these these type of races down you know it's what makes this meet so good is you look at field of 12 and it's just there's just so many that can can win but i'll start off with the uh outside horse coming off of a layoff horses uh took some money on debut and impressed down there 
at Gulfstream with Rosario. Rosario was riding the horse back for Brian Lynch. Lynch is a barn that I'm I'm sort of keying on having a, a decent meet at Kentucky Downs. So, you know, we can get 10 to 1 on this horse. Um, uh, that's great value. Another big value horse that I'll be that I'll be using is the number seven, Sweet Elisa for uh, Neil Pesson. Horse uh, had a lot to do in both of its, its turf starts. But I really, I think this, um, you know, the horse ran a mile at Keeneland, didn't really do much, uh, ran ran much better on the cutback to five and a half at Ellis in June, and now gets the six and a half a trip. And it really could hit it right between the eyes. So I'm looking if this horse could take advantage of some early pace and, and close late here. The 10, Ivory Moon, and the 7, Sweet Elisa, who was also one of the two that I had listed to talk about. Sweet Elisa on the blood, too. Union Rags, Scat Daddy might really be suited by this more, you know, sort of galloping six and a half. I've, I like the finish she's shown, and she should get a setup, and I think she will be a very big price. I yeah, I'm, also- looking, I'm looking to fade the number two, you know, Towser for Safi Joseph, horse has a little bit of a second itis going on second and, you know, three previous races. And just, I think a couple others that are going to take some money is the, the number four and the number six, both uh, will be running on turf for the first time, but they have, they have some really versatile pedigrees that, that could, could take to the track. Once so I've listed as backups, the four and the six. Backups. Yeah. I like the nine Proud Mary a bit in here. The first race, um, you know, three to five romped on the front end. I, I could see somebody's impulse to downgrade it, but she just finished up so well. And she's got the kind of pedigree too, where I could see her maybe just sitting off the speed this time under Giroux and, and finishing up I, because there's so many that are going to take money. Maybe you do get the nine to two, six to one on that runner. Did, did you give her any count? I was looking to downgrade her up. You're right. I just, you know, her her debut was a, a slow pace, uh, was sort of a merry-go-round race, but the horse is well-drawn. You get a top jockey and, and flow drawn uh, drawn well here. You know, the, the second the second place finisher uh, came back this past week and run a disappointing night. So, uh, I don't know. It not it you know at nine to two horse could be up around um, you know be going favorite here. I'm look I'm looking to fade that one. Gotcha. I've got you with ten seven and four six as your mid yeah. numbers. Any others to include? Uh, no, I mean you know it's it's a tough race, but ten and sevens my tops my top two both both big prices. So we'll we'll see if we can get lucky here. That'd be nice. Let's go to race number nine, the featured race of the day. 500000 in the pot for the FanDuel Tappet Stakes going a mile 70. And we'll uh, give a shout out to our friends at Gainesway for the Tappet Stakes here. Who do you like in the big one? Wow. Really tough race. Had a had a tough time here. But, you know, with the value of the number three, if we can get anything around 20 to 1, Horse had a huge, huge win here last year at Kentucky Downs. Yep. Probably needed its last race. Um, so I, I like that one. Uh, 
Kitadan, the number three. Underrated jock and Arietta on board. The second choice, probably number four, Speaking Scout, Graham Motion. One of the, you know, better turf trainers. That horse is just faced, you know, really, really good company. Um, been shipping around, you know, different stakes. Ran, ran Preakness Day. And, you know, it's always sort of been a little bit below, but it may fit well with these. And I also think you have to you know, always take a strong look at the, the, the favorite here for Chad Brown and Rosario. Horse is probably the horse to beat. Uh, portfolio company, Claravich Stables. You know, the horse looks super well spotted here. Just missed last time at Saratoga in the stake. Three, four, and one, the main numbers for Jack. I did have Speaking Scout on top, who I think fits very, very well on his best bits of form. And I think horses training around Fair Hill and the different options they have for training there. I don't have stats on this, but I'm going to guess that they overperform um, coming to coming to Kentucky Downs. And I'm not that worried about the old Kentucky Downs race from uh, from Speaking Scout because just the horse has gotten so much better since then. Though it is interesting to note that that was the the Kitadan uh, big race here, and I do think Kitadan's an interesting long shot who I have in the mix. Uh, also motion, just a bit of trivia, really, but former assistant to Jonathan Shepard, who we were who we were talking what, about before, who had all one the- other one other I'll throw in that, that sort of scares me. Yeah, um, is number seven strong quality. If you look at time form, this horse is uh, set supersonic fast paces in its last two, both times at a mile and a quarter. Shortening back up could really help this horse. You know, two back, ran in the grade one Manhattan and was not embarrassed at all that day. You know, stayed on for fifth up to the mark, dominated that day. Soldier Rising ran second. And then last time, you know, in the Arlington Million at Colonial, set another fast pace where set piece came from way off of it to win. So this horse shortening up to, you know, the, uh, the mile 70 with Flo, who's really good on the front end. Um you know, could could be in charge late in the game here. If speed is good, especially one right. I'd consider. I do think Flavius, who I also actually like a little bit, despite, you know, my always hammering on about preferring turf form from the east going west. This is turf form from the west coming east. But I just wanted to upgrade the Delmar race slightly in that I thought he just maybe moved a little bit too early into the fast pace. And I love this pedigree for this course right warfront out of a dynaformer mare um flavius is another one who i wanted somewhere in the mix and then the fourth one i'll mention was the other grand motion runner english b who i think uh might end up getting a really nice trip just in behind the speed stalking and pouncing if that's the the preferred style so i wrote down for you jack three four one seven for me i've got it four eight ten and three does that sound about right, or any others you want to name check in here before? No, those are those are my four. I'm I'm looking to fade English B myself. Um, I just he feels like he's he's going to burn some money in here to me, but you know I think the Casa Creed running line will will get yeah, him. Yeah, he might be a little short off that. I mean, it's an impressive form line, but Kentucky Downs definitely a place where you know being more 
getting the right kind of trip and being suited for the course might end up being more important than the than the bear. Flavius has, you know, he has some some good experience over Kentucky Downs and you know, drawn outside. It's one of these deals. Where, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to know how the the course is going to be playing. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be fair, but you know, if it if it does sort of get tilted toward outside closers, I think you'll have to upgrade Flavius for sure. Very yeah, interesting point. Uh, terrific. Just that terrific uh, Judd Mott pedigree there as well in play. It's a wide open and interesting race. We'll see how it plays out tomorrow. So we wrap things up. I already made my uh, all. You know, I, I try not to just throw rocks. I you know I, I want to talk to them and ask why they just show, chose to have this race with all this uh, these completely unexposed runners as the last. It's a bit frustrating, especially because I mean no fewer than four of these to me, Jack, have really interesting first out pedigrees. And I'd love the extra clues that we would get from a tote and paddock inspection, but that's not how it is. We're going to have to bet them blind. So I'll ask you, first of all, do you like a first time? Do you, are, you, are you inclined to the firsters here or are you inclined toward the horses with some form in the book? Well, I have two A's. I have two A's this, in this race and one's a firster and one, one's a second timer. So give, give us those. Um, my top pick, I'm going with the 12. Like I said, I'm just, I guess I'm sort of, you know, I'm just sort of looking toward these outside runners, and I just, I just think this, this twelve for Brandon Walsh is another guy along with Brian Lynch who I'm looking to have a, a really solid showing at the Kentucky Downs meet. You know, this horse is up there twelve to one on the morning line. I think this horse could take a, a little money with Gaffley on, uh, on board. So that's my top pick, and my second, my second pick is a. Uh, well, lesser known barn. Kelsey Danner horse ran, I thought, really well first time out over at Colonial, uh, going a mile. That race was was won in you know wire to wire fashion. This horse, this horse closed closed well on the outside. So those those are my two A's, twelve and six, and I'll have some backups also. All right, I'll give you a couple, and then we'll come back to you. I did have Reguel, that 12 runner, in the mix on the top line. Justified, does doing very well first time out, very well on grass. The dam herself was just beating a nose first out, and her progeny have done extremely well first up as well. And then you, you throw in, if you look at the Brendan Walsh uh, first-time starters uh, in the last couple of years, two for nine, which is very solid, and then in five of nine, finishing in the money. So definitely somebody who seems like can bring one, um, you know, not easy to win here first up, but Walsh definitely seems to have that club in the bag. I thought the eight. This feels like the horse was pointing, pointing for this spot. You know, the horse didn't go to Saratoga, stayed, stayed back in Kentucky um, working here and, you know, shows up opening day. I just, I think. Well meant. I'll be ready to go. I wanted to mention Publius as a top line runner for me. Just simple case. Win early pedigree. Very productive dam. And then the four, Tapitoro, very obvious on blood. The dams had four winners from four starters. And two of them won. And one was beaten a nose first stop. So very, very precocious. And one of the siblings is El Tormenta, who was the Woodbine Mile winner a couple of years ago. So this is like a very cool old Samsung Farms family. Um, with a lot of precocity and so yeah eight four and 12 were my top line i have a long shot to throw in there but let's get to some of your backups first 
Uh, some of my other backups I'd mentioned the the five. Hey JoJo for McPeak. My horse was entered for turf last time the race came off. The nine, Jonathan Thomas, English Channel out of a no name never mare. Very turfy pedigree. The number eleven, Chad Brown by Twirling Candy, one of the best uh, first time out debut sires uh, there is. Horse, you know they they really like the turf. Also Rosario, that horse is going to take plenty of money. So I think, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely a wide open maiden to end the card. The damn, uh, the damn numbers put me off a little bit on Brandy, but. I probably shouldn't be very. Um, I should. I probably shouldn't fade Chad Brown in this race. <laughs> we'd, we'd just the kind of thing to have the pick five. Yeah, I mean, up. I don't know. I don't, you always wonder with these Chad horses that are in Kentucky. It's like if they were, you know, if he, if he thought they were going to be future stakes winners, you kind of have to think he might have them up in New York. But he has left. He has left some some good stock, you know. He just has so many. He has left some yeah. some decent runners uh, back at Ellis and you know in Kentucky here for the for the summer. So, but you know, a twirling candy, uh, twirling candy, and practical joke right now are the the are are two sires that I hardly ever leave off first time out. I get it. I mean, seventeen percent with the first time starters. That's huge. And we're not talking about a small sample here. 102 for 582 average for a sire is about 10%. So, you know, almost double what's, what's average. And, and the numbers with a uh, by percentage with, with two-year-olds are even better. So it, it's, it, I, I absolutely hear you. And that, that's a horse that should probably be, probably be, and will be included as a backup. What about drip Doro as a crazy one in here? This is a guess but another productive female family, a dam who nearly won first up. Hiles can win at Kentucky Downs, and this horse is going to be 20 to 1 at least, I would say, and in the picks might pay like 50 to 1. I, I just yeah. didn't, I don't think this is a horse that's going to be on many tickets, and I think there is a pedigree case for Drip Dora. I mean, I think you said it all. I mean, that horse is – I mean, if you, get a, if you get a live in the pick five to the two, you're – I mean, you're going to get paid. Yeah. I don't care what. I don't care what the other four four races come in. Yeah, we'll <laughs> give it a try. It's a guess, and the horse could run last. But I mean, you know, they, they, yeah. they, there's it's the kind of race where I feel like anything could happen. So uh, yeah, lots it's of a, the more it's a it's a more you look at it, the more <laughs> the more you want to the more you want to take. You know, it's you know you got to we number seven for you know mod i mean that horse didn't do much running first out but go zapper out of a blame maybe maybe he takes uh, maybe he takes to the turf you know yeah it's 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 it's, it's a, definitely it's a, definitely very, tricky. Very that's another one where just looking at the dam and the siblings i was kind of okay fading but i mean would you be shocked to see bill mott uh, you know walk away here with john velasquez and the pays $14 and you know, you're on the outside looking in. It's, it's, it's a hard race. It's going to yeah, be fun. I mean, the, the number, the number five for McPeak that I mentioned briefly. I mean, that horse is eight to one on the morning line. Horse has taken a lot of money in its first two starts. You know, I mean, I know it was only a five horse field when he debuted back in June at Ellis horse went off, you know, 
to uh, five to two that day. Then last time went off nine to five. You know, now you're going to get ten to one. It's an indicator of talent. To be bet that way is an indicator of talent, and uh, and and surface switches is something that McPeak has had some success with. So exactly. Yeah, I mean, a weighted all wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. The more we, the more we look at this, I don't think I'm going to be able to afford it. Though, might be the kind of thing where I try to get skinnier than I want to be, and then you're in a position maybe to make a win hedge on on a couple of of the other ones after you have a chance to see them and also look at the tote board because there's some runners in here. You know, if the Mott and the Brown don't get bet, I'm okay. Sort of just saying, you know what, they can beat me, but it's right. just at the beginning of the pick five sequence, it's hard to do that. Yeah. And you know, you, you, you can't, you can't cover them all. You know, I've missed a pick five up there at Saratoga last Friday, you know, the horse that was like a, what a five or six horse across the, across the wire and didn't have the horse, the three horse EV jets that, that gets up at, what 30 30 something to one had a perfect trip through i mean you just you know you can't cover them all sometimes you just you gotta you gotta go down go down with your opinion do the do the best you can and and, you know that that's it all right buddy i appreciate you coming on the show it's always a pleasure to have you if you don't mind we'll bring you back for one of these other days at kentucky downs sounds good pete have fun in franklin tomorrow all right. Hopefully, I, I'm still. I mean, I'll do a little more arm twisting. Turn up. You don't even have to bring the salmon dip. I'd just like to see. <laughs> Jack, good stuff. Well, thank you one more time. We'll thank our friends at Kentucky Downs for sponsoring these shows. For In the Money Media, I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos.